Hello and welcome to the GTR News Brief. It's Wednesday, July the 1st, and here are a few of the top stories from the world of trade and trade finance this week. After 26 and a half years of governing trade among the United States, Canada and Mexico, the North American Free Trade Agreement, otherwise known as NAFTA, is no more. For years, President Trump had been hoping to replace NAFTA, which he labelled the worst trade deal ever made. With Trump having finally signed its replacement, the US-Mexico-Canada agreement into law in January, it officially comes into force today. But with new US customs guidance indicating that full enforcement won't take place until the end of the year, the trade deal looks to have been implemented in name only. US authorities are tightening restrictions on Iran's steel, aluminium and iron exports, with a German-headquartered metals trader among nine companies newly added to its list of sanctioned entities. The Office of Foreign Assets Control, a federal sanctions regulator, has listed four non-Iranian companies for having ties to Iran's largest steel manufacturer, Mubarake Steel Company, which has been subject to sanctions since 2018. OFAC has also designated four Iran-based metals producers, including another Mubarake subsidiary, as well as a graphite supplier with addresses in China and Hong Kong. Now, in other news... Insurance giants, including Lloyds of London and Aviva, have expressed regret over their role in the transatlantic slave trade, which saw insurers providing cover to property and ships carrying slaves between the 17th and 19th centuries. Their apologies come amid the growing global Black Lives Matter movement, which has put pressure on corporate institutions to address the role they play in systemic racism and to be more transparent about their involvement in slavery and colonialism in black history. Insurance organisations say they will work on promoting diversity within their firms. Nevertheless, black, Asian and minority ethnic groups are largely absent from boards at the insurance firms that have pledged to do better, And in 2019, only 13% of employees were BAME, down from 15% the year before. Now we take a closer look at recent efforts to boost the take-up of the electronic bill of lading in the shipping industry. Using an EBL offers several advantages that improve upon the current paper-based system, including significantly faster document transfers, which in turn leads to a shorter payment cycle. Being electronic, it's also far less likely to be susceptible to forgery, fraud, loss or other forms of human error. In June, a global shipping industry group that was set up by several of the largest container shipping companies put out a call to action for the industry to drive adoption. The Digital Container Shipping Association said that by boosting take-up of the EBL through standardisation, the global shipping industry could save as much as $4 billion a year, and the association is now embarking on an initiative to develop open-source standards for the EBL. Earlier, I spoke to GTR's senior reporter Eleanor Ragg about the current role of the EBL in global trade and the efforts being made to make it more widespread. I mean, all efforts to digitise trade seem to move pretty slowly, um, due in large part to the sheer number of stakeholders involved. So it's not enough to have just, for example, banks or exporters on board. You need everyone along the chain to accept digitisation, otherwise the chain breaks and you may as well not have bothered. 
And it's really been the same story with the electronic bill of lading. So the first proper efforts um, began in the late 90s with Bolero. And although there's been several other players entering the market since then, the solution hasn't really reached critical mass yet. And Eleanor, what are the challenges? Well, aside from getting everyone along the chain on board, there's legal hurdles to overcome. So what makes the bill of lading, um, the physical bill of lading useful, is that it's a document of title. So what that means is that it can stand in place of the goods and be sold or financed. Now, electronic bills of lading don't have this same legal status. So basically, they work by a contract law instead. What that means is that everyone who's in a club, so say on Estox or Bolero, all agree legally that the electronic bill of lading is a document of title and they're held to that. So that's great and it works fine unless you're not in the club. So um, there's been a few attempts to kind of get this over the line. There was um, the Rotterdam rules back in 2009. So that's at an international level. And these rules needed 20 states to sign them in order for them to be ratified. And I think it only got four signatories. So that didn't make it into force. And then more recently, in 2017, we've seen UNCTRAL with its model law on electronic transferable records. Now, that doesn't just cover the electronic bill of lading. It covers a broad swathe of digital trade tools. So far, that's only been enacted in Bahrain, although we have seen sort of positive noises coming out of Singapore, the Czech Republic and Slovenia. And Eleanor, can you tell me why the Digital Container Shipping Association is looking to standardise the EBL? Well, the DCSA represents nine of the world's biggest shipping lines. And um, as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic, all of a sudden, people are realising just what a bottleneck paper documents like the Bill of Lading are. We've seen containers stuck at ports and warehouses around the world because the receiver hasn't got the original paper bill of lading required for the release of goods because it's been held up by couriers or, or restrictions. And that also causes issues for financing. So shipping lines have been trying to do what they can, um, releasing goods against the letter of indemnity, for example. But that's not ideal. And there's extra costs involved there. So given all that, the DCSA now believes that there's the impetus to finally crack this nut. Um, What it wants to do is see the electronic bill of lading become as widely used as the electronic airway bill. And that's um, a document, an electronic document, which became the default contract of carriage for air cargo shipments in 2019. So what the DCSA is looking to do is just kick off by simply standardising all the different e-bill of lading formats. Because at the moment, there's about nine different providers and they're all asking for slightly different data fields, which is really onerous for shippers. And it also means that there's no one standard e-bill of lading that you can take to, for example, a regulator and say, look, this is what it is. Let's get this into the legislation and drive adoption. So the DCSA says that if we manage to standardise the e-bill of lading, if we manage to kick that off now, we can reach an adoption rate of 50% in the industry by 2030. And it calculates that that will result in savings of about $4 billion a year. And finally, how much support is there for standardising the EBL? So I spoke recently to some of the main vendors of e-bills of lading, so Bolero, s and Wave, and they're all really supportive of the initiative. 
Um, essentially, what they've said is that if you create digital standards, you enable interoperability be between all stakeholders. So that system providers, shippers, carriers, banks, regulators. And that's what will drive adoption. We've already seen that in other areas. There was another aspect of the conversation, though, which is obviously if you standardize the whole thing, then what's the point of having so many different providers in the market? So I think we could expect to see a bit of consolidation there. Um, but as Andrew Raymond, who's the C CEO of Bolero, told me, there's really no point in having it anyway if no one's really benefiting from it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the GTR News Brief. We'll have more stories from the world of trade and trade finance soon. The music used for this episode was provided by Kevin McLeod with his track Loopster, as well as South London Hi-Fi with their track Sunrise Drive. Thanks for listening. <laughs>